Coaching as Benevolence, a podcast for people who are curious about using coaching for self-development. I'm Erin with Roots and Wings Grief and Loss Coaching. And I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place Positive Intelligence Coaching. Today we are going to talk about goals and, you know, how sometimes we don't always make the progress we want to make or we have difficulty accomplishing our goals and how coaching can help with that. We're actually going to have a coaching demonstration. Um, thanks to Erin, she's going to be the coach and I'm going to be um, like a fictional client, going to make up something having to do with not meeting a goal. And um, this will give our listeners a chance to see what coaching is like in action. Uh, So maybe to begin with, we can talk a little bit about what we mean by goals and, you know, maybe how we approach goal setting in coaching. So Erin, do you want to kind of tell them um, about goals and uh, goal setting in coaching? Yeah. I think of goals as something that you are working toward and that are intentional. And that's the broadest level definition that I think of when I think of goals. And then when we break that down, there are so many different types of goals, right? There's short term and long term and um, immediate and even longer term. So goals can mean so many different things to so many different people. So I think the most important thing is that the coach and the client have a common understanding and a common language of what that means for the the individual. Um, And then when we think about goals in coaching, it's always good to have a goal in mind for what the coachee is working toward over however many appointments or a length of time with the coach. And then also at the kind of more micro level, it can be helpful sometimes to have uh, a goal for the meeting itself, keeping in mind that that will shift. So let's say this client comes in and says, this is what I want to focus on. This is the goal of today's meeting. And we go with that. Well, we soon find out that actually is something completely different. And that's why it's so important to have conversations about your goals with a coach or a therapist or a friend to really understand all of the nuance behind your motivation, your ability to meet the goal, your resources, and much more. So that's what I think of when I think of goals and coaching within the context of goal setting. Uh, LaShawn, what about you? Yeah, I would add, you know, to that, I around the same ends there. And um, I think that uh, a goal is a really good starting point in a coaching uh, conversation. Uh, gives us something to focus on. But at the same time, as you said, when you are going through, like you have this thing in mind, but then you find out that there's maybe more here than just this end, this outcome that you're going for. And I think that One thing that having a goal going into a a coaching session helps is it keeps you uh, focused and it also um, gives you an idea of where you're going. And then, of course, if it's not exactly you find out in the course of talking about this goal or talking about where you would like 
to be at the end of the session and you find, oh, there's something else here that maybe we did we weren't aware of until we really started talking about the goal. I think that is also um uh a good thing to keep in mind when uh you're coaching or when you're discussing something. You may start out thinking that this is something that you want and then find out that there's something underlying or underneath that, which is one of the great things about coaching is um revealing things that are unknown. Um and finding things that you may um you may have like maybe in the back of your mind or that you may not have thought about that then comes up and it becomes more of the like the heart of the issue so that's one of the things that i find with goals as well in in coaching anything come up for you with that <laughs> yeah I think it just, as you were talking, reminded me of the complexity of goals, thinking about how much they're in relationship to so many other factors without, with, that are within one's locus of control and that are not within their control. So I think really helping um, somebody discern the difference there and then use that to better understand themselves too about how they can move in a direction to meet a specific goal. I think that's a helpful approach. I don't think there's a magic formula for goal setting. And I think it's so different for everybody in terms of how they get there. And uh, because it's it's really complex, right? Because it is situated within uh, the relationship of social dynamics and uh, things going on internally for oneself, as well as external factors. So uh, I think it's good to demo a, a coaching session today so people can kind of see the nuance of a conversation that might happen between a coach and a, a client regarding their specific goals. And it'll be a brief uh excerpt. It'll be about a 15 minute coaching session. And uh, in my practice, typically coaching sessions are an hour long, um, but they can vary, you know, 45 minutes to over an hour plus, but um, typically they are not 15 minutes. Um, and so we will try to showcase as best as we can uh, a coaching session within 15 minutes. We are starting from a place where uh, we're not doing a lot of kind of introductory conversation up front, we're going right toward the goal conversation. And so um, we'll be starting there in our demo. In this coaching demo, Aaron will be the coach and I will be the client. And I guess we'll just go ahead and get started. It'll be about 15 minutes. Afterwards, we'll do like a um, debriefing, kind of discuss what happened in the coaching session. And then that will be our episode. So let's begin the coaching demo. Great. Hi, LaShawn. Hello. How, how's it going today? It's all right. It's Monday, so I'm a little bit <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you say that with a smile. I do. Because, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just a... Um, I guess it's a habit of mine. I just like, I just smile because that's just what I do. <laughs> smile or laugh. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you want to talk about today regarding your goal? Well, um, this year, as with, I mean, I'm sure many people do, but I really have been a little bit concerned about my eating habits and like how much I've been eating, mostly emotional eating. And I just really wanted to um, change, you know, the way that I'm eating so that I'm not, you know, eating too many, too many um, like calories in the day. And I am also like wanting a weight loss goal as well of probably about five pounds, I'm hoping by the summer <laughs> would be nice so that I can look good when all the sweaters are no longer necessary. What is your typical relationship to food this time of year? You know, looking back? Uh, this time of year, I mean, I have to say that this is usually like with the holidays and everything. Um, it's not unusual to like indulge in um, comfort foods and especially with the weather being cold. I you usually tend to eat um, and stay indoors a lot more than I do in the warmer months. So um, I have less activity in my life and I also tend to eat a lot of comfort food like, um, you know, mashed potatoes or um, I have a sweet tooth, so I do tend to eat like um, sweets, cookies, cake, that kind of thing. And how are you feeling when you're eating those things? Um, usually at, when I'm eating those things, it's usually um, sometimes it's because I'm hungry or because I want something sweet. Other times it's because I'm nervous or anxious. And I'm trying to soothe myself. I think it's self-soothing uh, for me to like kind of turn to food um, to get that sense of, I guess, calm or comfort. Um, and of course, you know, it's it's not it doesn't really help me at all. Like I'll eat one cookie and then I'm like, oh, that's better. Let me eat another one to feel better. And then it's just like a, a vicious cycle. I'm noticing. How has that shown up for you, that type of cycle with other goals in your life? Um, for like, for example, I um, like if I have a goal to um, get something done, for example, like uh, just like a short term goal, like, for example, I need to um, fill out a form or. Uh, finish a report uh where that shows up like the kind of vicious cycle of um kind of self-soothing i would say um uh I'm trying to think like how i would translate that to other parts of my life um I I guess one thing like like that can be a vicious cycle is just kind of putting things off, you know, um procrastination is one thing that I think of that has a vicious cycle. So for example, I know I have a report due. And I know that I have like 2 weeks to do that report. But 
I'm like, well, I have two weeks, so I'm going to wait. And then I have a week and I'm going to wait. And then I have 24 hours <laughs> and then I wait. And then it's like, oh, I have an hour. Let me get this done. You know? So I guess that's one way that I see kind of like a vicious cycle, just kind of delaying um, or, or avoiding discomfort, um, which, which is weird because it seems like if you, if I wanted in that case, if I wanted to feel good um, and not so anxious about this deadline, I would just get it done before the deadline. But for whatever reason, I'm like, well, you know, I don't really feel like doing this. It's boring or it's tedious or um, I'd rather watch a movie. <laughs> so, And I have a week, you know. And so I think that's kind of um, that's kind of very similar to the um, just being more um, focused on. I guess what I would say, instant gratification or be focused on just be feeling better in the moment rather than realizing that if I take the time to do the report little by little, or if I take the time to, um, like going back to the eating, um, if I were to, uh, come up with a healthy alternative to, eating sweets, then it would probably be more productive and it would be more gratifying than the really quick um, dopamine hit of like a cookie or watching a movie instead of doing the report that I need to do. So it sounds like the food can be soothing. It can be a distraction. It can be tied to these other habits um, of these cycles of behavior. Anything else you feel like you want to talk about regarding your relationship with food? I do have a sense of um, kind of defiance when it comes to food because I know that I shouldn't be eating that cookie or I shouldn't be eating that kind of food. And so I'm like kind of <laughs> there's like this this in in um, this part of me that's like, oh, well, I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm not. I'd rather just eat the cookie and not have to um, place restrictions or, you know, it, it, there's definitely a sense of defiance when it comes to, um, you know, eating better uh, as opposed to eating what I want to eat. Um, so that, that's definitely part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So we have, um, we're more than halfway through right now, so maybe we can shift a little bit into a goal for today, you know, something intentional that you can move forward with as you leave this appointment. Um, what would that be for you? I think what what I would want is just um, a way to stop the cycle, maybe an interruption of the cycle. Uh, for example, when I'm feeling like I need to have that sweet, I just would like to have like a, maybe an alternative to that. That would be self-soothing, but would be, would serve me better than um, that cookie and would be more like last longer and be more gratifying uh, because it would only, wouldn't only be a way to self-soothe, but it would be also in alignment with my goals for myself, like wanting to nourish 
and wanting to do what's best for me and, um, you know, and also would be in alignment with my goal to, you know, lose the weight before um, it gets warm and I start having to wear clothes that aren't layered and bulky. <laughs> yes. For those in Colorado, they probably can relate. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we can popcorn brainstorm back and forth. What could disrupt the cycle? Uh, mm-hmm. What idea do you have? To disrupt the cycle? I think one thing that I do tend to do um, is one of the reasons that I eat is to run away from whatever it is that's bothering me. And uh, I think one way to disrupt the cycle would be just to check in with myself. Like what's, what's going on with, with my, with me right now. Um, And just, you know, check in with my body, with my mind, what, what, is happening because I think a lot of the eating is a kind of escape. So disrupting that would be, you know, to be aware and to check in. I like that idea of checking in. And if we have more time, we'd be able to go through what that might look like and get very specific about that. Um, but since we're right here demoing the popcorn kind of faith of, of checking in with yourself, maybe it's this is an idea I have that I'll throw back to you. I love this checking in and Maybe there is something next to that to help transition to this larger goal. So maybe it's like hard candies or something that you can keep that kind of going until you can kind of, you know, stop doing that. I don't know. What are your, how would that work for you? Yeah, I like the idea of like something other than like a cookie or something that has a lot of calories is something that's sweet that doesn't have a lot of calories. Um, something like. Uh... And also, I like the idea of a hard candy because that takes time. Um, you've got to suck on it and, it, you know, it takes time. So I like that idea. So one thing that I could think of in terms of like maybe disrupting and then kind of giving that same uh, thing with the sweetness is probably just having, um, I don't know, like maybe dried fruit or something um that takes time to eat, uh, maybe even chew on. So I think that would be maybe a piece of gum would help because that's low calorie and it's also it's it's still sweet and it and it's producing that it's kind of giving that dopamine hit, but it's not as um, impactful calorie wise as the um, cookie or, or or snack cake or whatever. And then it also allows me to maybe even just check in uh, with myself as well as like getting the, you know, gum or whatever it is. So I like that idea. Yeah. I like your addition of recognizing that maybe chewing something instead of sucking on something might work better for you too. Um, So given that, what is your specific goal as you leave our time together today? I guess my specific goal would be to implement that alternative, like that disruption of the cycle. So when I'm feeling, um, when I'm feeling anxious and I want to turn to food as a self-soothing tactic, then I would, my goal would be to 
I, I have gum so I could just go and get my gum and then just really just take the gum and then check in with what's going on with myself and then do just some really um a quick uh like meditation uh maybe even focusing on the chewing or focusing on my breathing something like that so that in that moment I'm checking in with myself so that would be a goal to implement that for the next time so the next time I'm feeling anxious and I want to a cookie or something i get like a piece of gum and um just check in with myself yeah that sounds great and if we had more time we could then maybe talk about how would you set up your physical spaces to make that happen for you how would you ensure your accountability to that goal um, when you want to check in with someone else around that goal and, and just kind of all of those things that take up a lot more time than what we have right now. So I like what you're starting with and moving forward with, and I look forward to hearing about it in a few days and one day. <laughs> so that is uh, our demo session um, on coaching around a goal. LaShawn, how'd that go for you? I, I think it went really well. One of the things about coaching um, that really helps me is taking the time to explore a topic, um, however long, like this was a 15 minute, but one of the things that it reminded me of is it really does help to take the time to explore one topic and, and, you know, see the different things around it. And I found your questions at the beginning were very, um, thought-provoking in terms of giving uh, me, the client, the time to really look at the things around this habit that I, that, that, you know, I was forming. And it allowed me to just kind of really look at um, the factors that went into the habit and also to think about how that can also manifest in other parts of my life. So I think when you asked that, it gave me pause, which I think is really important in coaching because it kind of forces you to stop and to really examine and think about whatever it is you're looking at. So that one moment where I was just kind of grappling with the answer to that question allowed me to look at it from a different perspective than what I was looking at before, which then gave me other avenues to explore when thinking about how I could um, reverse or, or work on uh, this habit, reducing it, um, changing it, having an alternative. So that was um, what was really resonated with me in the coaching session. How about you, Erin? Um, that moment was very impactful on my end because I was coming from a place of curiosity, like completely in that moment. And as I was doing that, I was like, oh, my goodness, I don't I think I just fumbled this question. <laughs> um, so it's interesting to get your feedback and, and see how that felt for you as well. Um, and that's interesting because I think I really was sitting in curiosity there more than I was in some of the other questions. 
I'm a, so, you know, from a coaching lens and, and to critique, you know, my role here, uh, it'd be helpful for me to go back and, and listen and, and think through um, any adjustments to questions that I asked as well. There were a few moments of silence where I was just ready to jump in, but I held back. And I think that was um, important to do so on my end and really hard for me to do so as well. Uh, so, so that came up for me. And then the other part is you're totally correct about that exploration piece at the beginning being so significant and so important to sitting with something and doing that in a coaching space. And that usually takes up a large part of an appointment. It's not, you know, we, we don't jump into, okay, here's the goal. Let's get there um, with these action steps right away. Cause that's not, you know, as, as we know how it works for us and works for humans. Um, so ideally I, I would have stretched that even further and longer. And before I jumped into more of the, uh, popcorning strategies and, and kind of closing out with something to move forward with. So those are my initial thoughts on the coaching end. Um, we are coaching virtually. And so I find uh, virtual coaching to work really well in some ways. And then I'm also curious about the actual energy that can be exchanged when you're in the same space. Um, I, ha I don't have any feedback necessarily or any research on what's more effective or not. And I think that's always changing as we keep becoming more tech focused. Uh, but I, I'm curious about that. Um, so those are my initial observations of, of how it went. I really liked your honesty and your ability to access those parts of yourself, uh, which just so matter of factly, right? And I think that's the other piece here too, is as a client, coming to this space and recognizing you want to get the most out of it as possible too. One of the things that um, is uh, maybe a little um, different for coaches coaching <laughs> and coaches being the client and coaches um, is that we actually, I think um, my experience has been whenever I coach another coach, or when I'm a client, we do have a tendency to have more uh, self-awareness, I think. And I do wonder, like, for example, Erin, what do you have you ever been in a session with someone who wasn't as open to exploring certain areas of of a topic? And what did you do when you were in that situation? It's a really good question. And I think back to being at the university and like with students, right? Um, I would sometimes be more prescriptive. We know this might work. It's been shown to possibly work with students. Try this kind of thing. And and that's not good coaching. Um, but sometimes that's what I would rely on. And so outside of that space, I really haven't encountered people in grief where I'm focused now um, who aren't disclosing things. They usually come to the appointment ready to share, you know, their stories and and what they want out of this. And and so it hasn't come up as much in those contexts. What about with your clients? Yeah. Um 
I would say that uh, there have been instances where I've had a client who really didn't um, know like where to begin. And um, when I was in that situation, I um, usually would ask questions around like, for example, if I had, well, I had one client who was just um, really upset about, um, she was a, a caregiver and her uh, mother-in-law was, um, is um, suffering from dementia. And she was just really upset about that and didn't know what to do about um, an incident that happened between mother-in-law and father-in-law. And um, I basically what I did was I just asked her again, I went to her past and said, well, was there ever a time in your past where something like this happened? And she was able to go back to her past and that kind of got things started. But in the present situation, um, she didn't have the tools or she didn't know where to begin. And she was really frustrated with that. And so one of the things that I find uh, helps with myself and also with my clients when such a thing um, occurs is to go back to a past incident or even to imagine, okay, so let's say, um, you know, your friend told you this, what would you say to your friend or something like that to kind of help them get out of uh, the perspective that they're in currently to kind of give them some insight. So that's one of the things, that's one of the tools that I've used um, where a client has been kind of stuck or hasn't, doesn't have the, uh, either is too frustrated or is not um, able to really imagine a different way or, or to see things like in a different way, or they can't see something in a different way because they're so fixated on what happened and their frustration around what happened. I don't even know if that answers the question, but that's no. kind of what I was kind of thinking about. Because sometimes when you are in a session and the client is in their story, kind of stuck in their story. And, you know, what are some ways that you can help your client, gently help your client uh, get out of the story that they're in? And so that was one of the things that I, I have used in the past, but something that kind of came to mind when you said, something about also the silences in in the um, session that we just did and I do have a question about that so in the silences is probably I, I would imagine it was when I was kind of grappling with the answer to that question about where that vicious cycle may manifest in um, other parts of my life I think that's where I was kind of silent because I was really trying to grapple with that question because I didn't really know the answer was was that when you were kind of wanting to say something but held back can you say more about those moments of silence yeah i mean it's so easy for us even outside of the coaching context when there's silence to try to fill that um but as coaches we hold space for our clients to think and learn and understand themselves and so it doesn't have to be anything that's rushed. It doesn't have to be a fast process. In fact, that would not be helpful in a lot of ways um, in, in these situations. And so in my training and my professional training, we've had 
multiple trainings on holding space for silence because it sounds so simple to do. And yet as humans, it can be a very challenging thing. And, and for others, maybe it's not, but I think that, um, you, I didn't want to sit, see you struggle with that, or I, I didn't want uh, you to feel uncomfortable. So it's me, you know, projecting these things that, that aren't real potentially, right. That aren't real because like you said, that was a really powerful moment for you. That was very helpful. Um, so just recognizing, you know, holding that silence, it always feels like it's longer than it is. Uh, but it's worth it to give the respect and the space to the individual who is processing. That's what I'd say there. The other thing I think with uh, the coaching demo is there was one point where I used kind of a, so there are different words in coaching, uh, reflective statements or summaries. And I kind of melded those two um, to kind of bring together what you had said about um the eating, I can't even remember the three things that I said, or, or but I, I summarized it there for you. And sometimes that's also, you know, might be more like, okay, making sure I'm on the same page as the client, which can be helpful. So the work we are on the same page. Um, and other times it can be helpful for the client's thinking um, to get that reflective statement or to get that summary so that they can also kind of slow down and be like, oh, is that what I was saying? <laughs> and then be able to clarify whether or not that's true or not. So in that demo, do you remember that space that I'm talking about? And I gave you that summary back with uh, those a few things. Um, yeah. How did that feel for you? And how'd that go? Yeah, I do. I do remember that. Um, you just said that we're on the same page. Was that when you were reflecting back some of the feelings that I was feeling around eating. I think it was like anxious. It wasn't the no. feeling that was like, um, so this is tied to your habits, like your cycle. It's tied right. to self-soothing. Right. Yes, I remember yeah, that. Yes, I, listed, I remember like, that part. Things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that, um, I will say, is a really, like, you have to be listening very hard. <laughs> or not very hard, but like listening deeply as a coach and, and being able to synthesize that and then try to provide that back to the client in a way that makes a lot of sense and can maybe help clarify their thinking. And and then, like I said, being on the same page, so it's like, oh, you said out of all of what you were talking about, there were these three things related to this habit of yours or this behavior of yours. Yes. So I would say that that was definitely a moment of clarity. And I think it also helped to, to uh, give me something to like focus on in terms of what was really the motivation behind the behavior? So the self-soothing and, and all of that that you mentioned. So I think that that kind of helped me look deeper at habits around self-soothing and, and what that, you know, why I was doing it and then what I could do that would be a healthy alternative because I do have healthier alternatives you know, in my toolbox, I I have used other ways to soothe myself. So as a client, I was able to access other coping mechanisms, I should say, uh, or strategies that would be more in alignment with my goals to lose weight. So I think that was um, particularly helpful 
because it synth like synthesizing and also it allows me to be more clear um, about what behaviors serve me in terms of my goals and what behaviors are um, keeping me from achieving my goal. So in the, in that, and this is probably in retrospect because actually in, in the moment, it probably was, was in alignment with kind of the, the thread of the conversation that I think it just kind of naturally flowed. And so it wasn't like that question that kind of, I was grappling with that question and trying to figure that question out, which kind of was disruptive and it, and it kind of pulled me out of the uh, circular way that I was looking at the situation. I have this habit. It's a bad habit. I want to stop this habit. And what your question did before was like it kind of disrupted that. Oh, wait, I got to think about something else not having to do with the habit. So how do I how do I deal with this? How do I how do I answer this question? Whereas when you were reflecting back, it was so um, seamless that I don't think I really remember being aware of it, but it did give me focus. I do remember that. I do remember that it, it clarified my perspective and it allowed me to really hone in on my motivation behind the habit. So that's kind of what I was experiencing as a client, I would say. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, sometimes I will throw out a reflective statement or a summary in the big, that's not what I said, or that's not where I'm at. So it's a good way to check in too. And so for this example, it sounded like it was so much a part of the conversation that it just kind of flowed and you're like, of course, and then, you know, kept going. Like you kind of already had, were holding that in your, in your mind in a way. Yeah. Any um, thoughts other than, you know, what we were talking about that you wanted to mention about the coaching demo? Cause we are getting close to time. I think this is a good example of how complex goals are and how hard it is to achieve, <laughs> achieve goals or, um, meet goals. And I don't want to say it's always hard, right? Like maybe there's this very strong alignment with a goal and a purpose in your life and everything's going to work out really well. Um, and it's, you don't have to have all this planning or this conversation. Like it's not always like this, right? But we often hear from people, I'm not meeting my goals. I, you know, I wish I could make this change in my life. And really getting at the complexity of that takes time and it takes these conversations and it takes some um, adjustments and, and learning. So um, I guess one of the, my takeaways today is even just coaching within 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, we have a lot further to go here <laughs> before we can, um, you know, wrap up a coaching session or, you know, multiple coaching sessions. What about you, LaShawn? Yeah, I, I would agree there. And then one thing that came up as you were talking is the importance of understanding the complexity of goals and um, reaching goals and the ups and downs of, um, you know, the process of meeting a goal, accomplishing a goal. And, and then, like you said, it doesn't always have to be like that. Sometimes it can just happen really smoothly if you're really um, motivated and this is something that you really see yourself doing and there it might happen um, faster than others. But in the case of like weight loss or changing your routine, something like that, I think does take time and it is complex and there are many layers. 
I think it's really important to be mindful of the fact that these things do take time. And another thing from a client's perspective, talking about the habit and, um, you know, and doing the popcorn brainstorming, there was a sense of moving forward as opposed to what I felt before when I was kind of struggling with the habit, seeing that I was developing a habit and not really knowing the way out. Working with um, you in the coaching session helped me see a way out. And that's another thing that I want to bring out as well, that coaching does give you a way to see other avenues that you may not be aware of because coaching is co-creative. And your coach brings to the table things that you may not have thought of. The client brings things to the table that the coach may not really think about. And so it's through the interaction with the coach and the client where you get answers. And that's one of the beauties of coaching. That was very well said. I love bringing up the co that you brought up the co-creative um, aspect of coaching, uh, which almost is like, oh, I, that really ties into what I'm thinking about the in terms of a coaching nugget of wisdom. And I've said it in so many different ways today. Um, so I'll just say it one more time using maybe the word of collaboration. Uh, it's so helpful to collaborate with a professional or friends or whatever to um, work through these complex things um, in one's life. So, you know, if you have a question and you're stuck or you're needing support, run it by someone who you think has good listening skills and um, effective curiosity and questioning. And I mean, that's a hard thing to know, but you know, friends in your life, right? That that have those aspects that you can draw from. And of course, professionals are also um, good to meet with. So collaboration on goal setting is key. Um, I guess my coaching nugget would be to add to that um, a kind of DIY. If you, for whatever reason, you know, don't have someone that you can collaborate with, writing it down helps and also even recording it and hearing yourself um, talk about it, you know, listening to the recording or even writing it down. So my coaching nugget would be as a DIY for, you know, processing these things would be write it down. Or if you're not a writer, you can always record it and listen to it back again. Thanks for joining us for Coaching as Benevolence. I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place, Positive Intelligence Coaching. And I'm Erin with Roots and Wings, Grief and Loss Coaching. Have a benevolent day.